0: to Harvest Australia Church Podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Blood of Jesus the cross, redemption, salvation—all of those great themes come through when you sing and when you worship Jesus about the cross. And it's it's kind of a uh, a real stabilizing force in a Christian's life to remember the cross because we can talk and we can worry about a whole lot of other stuff, but sometimes when we go back to the basics, we actually remember what it's all about, don't we? And we realize that the cross is what our faith is all about. And it's that simple time. We remember it at Easter, but obviously every other time we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. And and so today I want to talk just a little bit about the resurrection power. We've obviously heard a lot about this stuff and most of us know this over and over. And so that we can become extremely familiar with it. But I just want to touch on what is the resurrection? The resurrection was obviously Jesus' death and His resurrection back to life. And as John 3.16 so well explains that God loved the world so much that He gave His Son Jesus that anyone who would just believe in Jesus will have everlasting life. It's as simple as that. The Gospel is as simple as that. And sometimes we can complicate it. We can make it really hard. We have to think when we share the Gospel, we have to maybe have a word of knowledge for them or we have to, you know, have some deep insight to to fill whatever they're searching for. But John 3:16, you really can't go past it, can you? Simple, basic, but powerful. And so salvation, resurrection, our resurrection is our salvation. That's the beginning of our everlasting life. When we get born again, when we receive Jesus in our hearts, at that moment, our everlasting life begins. We don't have to wait till we die. Our, our funeral when we die is really a, a celebration ceremony of a believer's life. It's not a time where we're really, of course, we're mourning, we're missing, and we're remembering things. And, and it's, a, it's a time of sorrow and of sadness because of our earthly um, love for one another. But it's really a time of celebration. But our everlasting life starts when we believe in Jesus. If you don't believe in Jesus here this morning, your everlasting life can begin now just by believing in him. It's as simple as that. You don't really even need to go through a ritual. No one has to do anything to you. You just simply need to believe. At the moment of believing, your everlasting life begins. And that's what we celebrate as Christians. That's why we have joy when sometimes we shouldn't have joy. It's why we can survive this world when maybe others can't, or maybe when we Others are becoming overwhelmed by all the situations going on around the world. We can still have hope because of his resurrection. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, then he was just a man. And he was just a man who did some incredible things and carried a phenomenal message, even just that. But he didn't. He rose again to conquer death, to to rise so that we can now look to what our future hope is. Our future hope is a resurrected life with Him in eternity. And so we can actually look at Him as our model. Hey, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be like Him. We're going to do the same thing that He did. And it begins now, it begins at salvation. So, resurrection is a really important part of us as believers, our thinking, our living, and our beliefs. How do we participate in this resurrection? Well, in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus was talking to some people and he said to a lady, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He he asked the disciples, he asked them, do you believe this? He's preaching at them. He's setting down some um, statement of faith, if you like, and uh, things that they need to be aware of. And then he's questioning them. And I think that's the interesting part about Jesus. He's always asking questions of us, always asking questions. What will you do in this situation? What will you believe in this situation? Who will you trust? Who will you believe? How are you going to react when someone offends you? How are you going to react when maybe things aren't looking so good? What are you going to believe when you've had a bad report? What are you going to believe when things are going against you? And it's at those times that we remember the words of Jesus, what do you believe? What do you think? What do you live for? And these questions can sometimes be a little difficult for us because we... uh, we we like to have everything together, don't we, human beings? It's just a, an innate part of who we are. We like to control. We like to know what's coming up. We like to. I mean, I hate surprise birthday parties because it's just like ah, oh, you know, it's it's uh, shakes you out of out of that zone of knowing what's going on. And, and but it's not just me. I think a lot of us are like that. And um, I think I can share this story about Karen safely. Um, but we, it was it was. I th- it was a birthday present i think a few a number of years ago now maybe 10 10 plus years ago and we like rick pino he's a sort of a he looks like jack black jack black a worship leader who looks like jack black can you imagine that but anyway um we, we like Rick Pino and, and I, I um, was just thinking, ah oh, it'd actually be great to, to go over to Perth to one of his um, worship nights. And uh, so I organised, organised with Bronnie to look after the kids and, and um, she was great sort of hiding things and, and, you know, helping me get it all worked out. And um, anyway, and, but one of our, our youngest, Balin, was maybe only six months or something like that. He was young. He was young. And um, it's a dangerous thing to take a chick out of the nest... <laughs> Of, of an eagle, um, but I chose to take that risk, and so I booked flights, got it all organized in you know, a really fancy hotel in in perth and and uh, booked the tickets for this worship night anyway, so um, I had it all organized, packed a few things in a suitcase i 'm not the best at packing a lady's suitcase, so you know I just had the basics, but anyway. I threw it on Karen. I think it was literally the last minute and said, I've got a surprise for you. We're going to Rick Pino in Perth and, um, and we're going to go. And she absolutely refused. <laughs> I, I mean absolutely refused. I got her in the car somehow. I think Bronnie helped just sort of, go on, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Or maybe I hadn't even told you until we got in the car or something like that. In the car, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. Good. Get the facts straight. That's always very important in a good story. Anyway, so she didn't know why she was getting in the car. That's right. And I waved goodbye to the kids. I got her to the airport, and she refused to get out of the car. Literally refused. And so I'm saying, "Come on, it's all organised. Your mum's looking after the kids. It's fine." And she was really, really, really refusing. I think it took 20 minutes or more to sort of talk it through. And she was like, "All right, all right." So. The reason I'm saying all that is because we, we don't love surprises as human beings, do we? Anyway, we went. Yeah, okay. Do you want to come up and tell the rest of the story? Okay, the rest of the story is Karen was very gracious, trusted me, and the kids were fine. Hey, we had an amazing time, and, uh, and it, was, it was a great time away, So, but I haven't got anything else planned for this week, don't worry. Um It's sort of, we've both done that to each other and I think we've both realised, okay, we really don't like surprises like that. So that's part of our human nature, isn't it? We don't like not knowing what's coming up. We like knowing what's ahead of us. But faith requires risk. Faith requires trust. And for the human nature, sometimes we have to bring ourselves back to the resurrection power of Jesus to remember that we can't work everything out. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know, you know, what different political sways are going to be going left or right or wherever they're going to go. We don't know financially how things are going to go. We don't know, you know, a lot of things in our life are way out of our control. And yet we love being in control. And it's at times like that where I believe the questions of Jesus are most paramount. Where he says, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you seek me? For the answers, rather than just plotting on your merry way. It's really easy for for all us humans, but I'll make it for myself. It's very easy for me to perhaps go off my thinking or my experience and just make the way happen or plan things out the way I think they should be done. But then often Jesus will just remind me, hang on, do you want to just include me in this somewhere? Do you want to put me in the picture? Again, a question. What questions is Jesus asking you today? What questions is he asking you over your life, over relationships, over your finances, over your marriage, over different situations? What questions is he posing to you? I believe he's always putting something to us because he wants to draw us into a deeper relationship, doesn't he? He wants to have us closer. It's because his heart is for intimacy, not just a knowledge but a relationship. Knowledge anyone can gain. Relationship is only for those who are close. And so that's the challenge for us is to respond to his questions. Will you draw closer? Will you spend time with me? Will you believe me? Will you believe me beyond your own head? Will you believe me beyond your own doubts and fears and questions? And so have a bit of a think about that this week. What questions might Jesus be putting to you? There's power in the blood of Jesus, we sung about that this morning. It's power in the blood of Jesus. Jackie and I didn't really plan that; it's just something that some regularly happens, actually. But there is so much power in the blood of Jesus. We went to the movies this week, and we saw a movie. Parents don't don't judge me if this is not in your book, okay? So just bear with me. Anyway, we went and saw Maze Runner, and um, and so yeah, it's. it's it's, it's got some shaky bits in it. Okay, but it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, bear with me, bear with me. I was, by the way, I was talking to Sean Boltz not that long ago, and he was quoting all the movies he's seen. I thought, if he can watch those movies and still prophesy like he prophesies, then that's not such a bad thing. Anyway. So we're watching this movie, and it's, it's, it's a good story. But the, the, I don't want to spoil it, okay? So I've got to be careful. But one of the characters has immunity in their blood that everyone in the world needs. And it's, it's such a depiction of Jesus Christ that we need his immunity. We need his imputation, if you like, his imputed righteousness into our blood, Because in and of ourselves, I don't know about you, depends what your doctrine is, but I know in and of myself without Christ, I am totally depraved. I'm a Calvinist 101 when it comes to myself because I I know what my mind is like. I know what my reactions can be like. I know what my thinking can be like. So I know I need the immunity of His blood into my blood. And that's the power of His blood. That whatever we think we are, we have a free gift of immunity given to us By his blood, his blood sacrifice imputed into our blood, into our soul, into our minds, into our person. So we are now anointed with his blood, if you like. We're anointed with his blood. And so... When we think of that, we actually begin to look at His resurrection power rather than our sin. We begin to look at hope rather than hopelessness. We begin to look at healing rather than sickness. We begin to look at power rather than lack of power and doubts and fears and anxiety. Sometimes we can focus on these things because our lives can be full of this stuff. If we have circumstances around us that are, you know, stressful and and maybe we can't see through, how is this breakthrough going to happen? It'll happen through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It probably won't happen by our might. It'll happen by His might, by His Spirit working in and through us. Resurrection power. It's something that I want to really leave with you this week is to remember the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power. Um, Max Licardo has a great saying that I want to quote you this morning. He said, In God's hands intended evil becomes eventual good. Many of us would have experienced that. What the enemy has set us up for to fail, God turns it round and turns it into good. And the story in Genesis of Joseph and his brothers. His brothers rejected him all his life and cast him in the pit and he eventually gets promoted into second in the land of Egypt and and becomes very, very powerful and the famine comes in the land and his brothers have to humble themselves and try and come to this guy. They don't know who he is. Come to beg for grain, beg for food and he has to wrestle within himself. Do I act like Rambo <laughs> and get revenge, yeah, we 're into Rambo it's okay or or you, some of you may have to forgive me this morning. We fight this carnal fight, don 't we, but this this tension of acting in the flesh and getting vengeance, getting revenge, and making sure that they pay for what they 've done or acting in the opposite spirit, believing that somehow God is going to work this thing for good. And actually he does, because what the enemy intended for harm, God will bring for good. And that's what it says in Genesis 50, 20, I think it is. And it's a representation of Christ. What the enemy began with sin swirling around us and then he tries to entangle us in sin, God will turn that around. Maybe you've failed in your life. Maybe you've got it wrong. Maybe sometimes you've said the wrong things, you've reacted the wrong way. It's okay. Because the enemy has been trying maybe all our lives to get us to react like that. But it's never too late to turn around. It's it's what the word repentance means. Turn around 180 degrees. Turn around and see the cross. See redemption. See restitution. See forgiveness. See the power of the cross and actually live that. When I believe when we as believers live in resurrection power, and it's something that I think maybe I've only tapped into 5%. But it's one of those things, when we do tap into it, it changes everything. I want to give you an example. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's another basically non-Christian example. I hope you're okay with that this morning. I'm a fan of Tony Robbins. If some of you, it's okay to mention this. I'm not getting any royalties from this. But he has a documentary and it's called I'm Not Your Guru. It has a lot of expletives in it, okay? So don't watch it if that's going to offend you. Um, and in a way it should. But... But he does some very, very powerful things in his seminars that actually are really rooted and grounded in Christ. Now, he doesn't always give that glory and and that fame to him. However, they're completely Christian. They're completely Christian principles. One could say he's stolen the best parts of the resurrection power without giving the glory. And so you'll often see him pull people out of the crowd and minister to them, right? Right? pull them out of the crowd and uh, there's one example of one uh, young man and he's had a terrible life, filled with abuse, filled with all sorts of things and and he just doesn't know what to do. He hits roadblocks every step of the way. He's always restricted by the abuse that's happened in his early life. He's always restricted by those failures and the people that caused him harm. And Tony Robbins said something that Karen and I have always remembered And uh, and it stuck with us because it's actually the gospel one hundred and one. It's the resurrection power. He says to this guy in front of thousands of people, and the guy's standing up, airing everything in front of it. That's how desperate some people are for hope, by the way. Um, But Tony Robbins says with a lot of expression and a lot of expletives. Okay, so just to he and he does that for a reason to really drum home his points. But it doesn't justify it. But. What he said is all your life, you've been blaming these people for what they've done to you and all the negative effects that have had and everything bad that's gone on because of what those people have done to you. It's time to turn it around and start blaming them for those experiences making you into who you are into a person who's still alive, into a person who's desperate enough to come to a seminar to get hope, into a person who actually has kids and is robust, knows how to fight a fight, knows how to live against defeat, knows how to stand, knows how to have strength. Because if you start blaming them for the character and the strength that you now have, you're going to start seeing them in a different light. Do you know what that is? It's the gospel, isn't it? That's what the enemy has tried to cause harm to us as human beings, that's his, that's his method, isn't it? To steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's his aim, to steal, kill, and destroy. Peace, harmony, health, wholeness, person, faith, everything. To try and come in, in any way he can. And sometimes he'll bring an element of truth in what he does to accuse us, but it's filled with lies, and so we sometimes we swallow it. But just like Tony Robbins does, sometimes we have to look at it and say, wow. If I turn that around and, and think about now, we need healing and we need help sometimes from a lot of hurt. I'm not saying we don't. But if we start looking at situations and going, wow, actually, and, and we've done this, you know, in situations maybe where someone's uh, offended us or maybe they've come at us in a, in a wrong manner, and we look and we say, wow, well, actually... That's helped me gain an upgrade and gro- gain a consciousness of grace, operating in grace. I wouldn't know how to do that if I'd never faced that. In our business situation, when, when we uh, faced some very, very serious financial situations, I remember being at the boardroom table up in one of the bank's buildings where I used to get wined and dined, but I wasn't getting wined and dined at this meeting. I was getting the wind up meeting. It was 14 days, and or we're closing the accounts. And when you have hundreds of staff to pay, 14 days is not a long time to, to salvage the situation. But I remember sitting there at that table thinking, what good is going to come out of this? I mean, honestly, what good could surely come out of all of these people losing their, ho- their jobs? All this stuff going, going haywire. Um, I've tried to give a testimony to Jesus in everything I've done in business. And, you know, have you ever used the, your arguments back to God? I've done this. I've done this. I mean, I pulled out every little thing I could think of to throw in his face. I remember hiring out a a cinema at Marion uh, Megaplex, and I hired the whole thing out, and Karen and I took all of the staff to see The Passion of the Christ. And anyone who didn't want to come, I said, I'm not paying you. (laughs) It's a gospel of grace unless you have other means. There was only one, there was only one who didn't want to come. And I still see him to this day when I go back to the factory and he's the most warm-hearted person to me. Just, I don't know why, but there was something in me standing for what I believe that he respected. He still didn't want to come, but he respected it. You never know what someone's thinking of you. You never know what they're thinking of you when you stand. Anyway, so there's some of the radical things. I threw back at God and said, this is the very company. We've sowed a lot of money into missions. We've sowed it into Africa and India and all over the world. And we sponsored 100 kids uh, through our company. Uh, Every month we sponsored 100 kids. And so I'm pulling out everything, right? And you know you're desperate when you have to remind the Lord of things. He well and truly knows. And so we're doing that. And, uh, and I remember just literally having to let go, having to let go and say, All right, Lord, somehow you're going to have to turn this around because I got nothing else. I got nothing else. So I was getting stress pains and I was thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a heart attack at 32, you know, or whatever it was. And, and, uh, and so, you know, when you go through that stuff, you can begin to doubt the plan of God over your life. Don't doubt the plan of God over your life. Don't doubt his word over you. Don't doubt that you can be a hope bringer. You can bring a destiny releaser. You can bring a life. You can be a life giver. A life giver. Sometimes in just changing the way we think. If we think about ourselves in a negative view, we we'll probably think about others in a negative view. So if we begin to love ourselves and see ourselves with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the way He sees us, remember that when He sees us, of course, He sees who He creates us. But the Lord, the Father of heaven, sees us coupled with Christ. How can He not love us? Because we we now have His immunity in and through us. So inherently, we're His bloodline. We're family with Him. And when we're family, you love You love, even if the people are saying the wrong thing, you still love them anyway. Why? Because they're blood. They're blood. And so this is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that you and I participate in when we believe in him. It changes the way we think. I want to leave you with this thought, and that is that if we can apply the resurrection power of Jesus to the micro things, he'll apply them to the macro things. If we apply the resurrection power of Jesus to those little things, I'm talking about redemptive thought, redemption, redemption. Some of you may not know what that word is. It's basically redeeming that which was lost, bringing back that which was lost, bringing it back to life, so to speak. And so when we have redemptive thought, when we think redemptively about people, someone might be being quite mean to us and somehow there's a redemptive response we can give somehow. Maybe it's saying nothing. It's just walking away. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that we get, just a word of wisdom at that time to be able to calm the situation down, to be able to ease the fear. Maybe it's over your finances. Maybe you've made, made some bad decisions and you're paying the price for that. I believe there's resurrection power for your finances. Maybe it's in your body. Maybe you, you suffer a lot of sickness and pain and Maybe you have had a lot of macas and Coke all your life. It's it's never too late to start doing all sorts of things. (laughs) Redemptive power. Redemptive power will make us think differently. When someone says something about another person that's negative, a redemptive person won't believe it. A redemptive person will come back with, I can't accept that. That's not the person I know. You know, it takes such a big person to do that about someone else, doesn't it? Because we, we fall into peer pressure. I know, I know this situation. You know, someone will say something and it's sort of, it, there's 5% truth in it, but it's, it's said with, a, with maybe a bit of manipulation or a little bit of negative. There's a, there's a tone that we all know that tone. And it takes a very big believer to say, no, that's not what I'm going to believe about that person. It takes a very big believer. But that's redemptive. So if we are to be like Christ, we are to be redeeming type people, redeeming people, redeeming believing the best, thinking the best. These are micro things. They're very micro, but I believe when we honor God in the micro, he honors the macro. When we honor God within and we are, and with our thought life, no, that's not that's not thinking redemptively. That's not living in the resurrection power. That's not talking, that's not walking, that's not building relationships with others in a redemptive way or with that resurrection power of Jesus, then we're going to reap what we sow, aren't we? What we plant, we harvest. What we reap, we sow. I want you to stand and I just want to pray over us this morning. Just lift your hands. I know it's hot and a lot of you wear natural deodorant and it doesn't work. (laughs) We are totally in that boat. And believe me, we've tried every single brand in the whole world. And they still don't work. (laughs) Lift your hands. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for your resurrection power and life that you give us freely without any obligation. And Lord, I pray this morning for any of us who may have areas of our life, we need your redemptive nature. We need your redeeming power. We need your resurrection life. Lord, we pray the immunity blood of Jesus Christ to wash us clean, to strengthen us, to bring us into a fresh faith, a fresh joy, a fresh life and fresh hope to understand that your plans for us is to prosper us. Some of you need to hear that today. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. He wants to make you a blessing to others around you. But you need to believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And you need to apply His redemptive thinking to your mind. He thinks incredible things about you. He thinks you are amazing. He thinks you have incredible things ahead of you. And He knows the plans He has for you to prosper you, not to harm you to bring you into a fruitful land, into righteousness, into hope, healing, destiny, fullness. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now that you would move across this room with your redemptive power and any lacking understanding, power, presence or your work of your blood, Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would apply it to us you would apply it to our lives. Any who do not believe in you, Jesus, or have not given their life to you, right now, it's a perfect time to commit your life to Jesus. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Come into my life. I want to be yours. That's all you have to do this morning is do that. Commit your life to Him. Don't leave today without making sure you've got your life secured for eternity with Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It begins an everlasting life for you from this morning. So do it this morning. Just do it in your heart right now. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we love you. We ask that you would pour out your love in this place. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, your banner over us is love. Your banner over this city is love. Over this nation is love. We pray the redemptive work of Jesus Christ over our nation over our city. Lord, we pray for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be made famous in this nation, despite ourselves, despite ourselves. Come through, Lord Jesus. We ask you to come and sweep this nation with your fire, with your power. Lord, we ask that you would release incredible, 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 people of love and power and demonstration all over this nation. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Lord, we pray for our parliaments in SA, in a federal parliament. Lord, we pray somehow through all the noise, all the confusion, you would take your place. You would take your place. And that you would override all the other stuff. And Lord, we pray that you would be made famous in this city, in this nation. City of churches would be a city of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And we ask for outpouring upon outpouring upon outpouring across this city and nation. We thank you for what you're doing. We ask for increase. Lord, I pray for every person here today. Lord, that you would give them a greater piece of your heart, of your power, your presence, And I want to pray a bit of Isaiah 61 over us. You might just want to receive this in your spirit today. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for all the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called Oaks of Righteousness.